Hey, Hoagie's Garage Tobe, live from Knoxville, of Knoxville all places. Knoxville Nationals. We're actually sitting just off off the track. Yep, in the in the what do you call the track prep garage? Yep. So uh, big show. I think for, I'm looking forward to it to hear this side of racing. Yeah, we haven't done just, this side of racing yet. It's it's something different, you know. I had talked to Greg Baker at Husits. Yep. Um, but we have not talked with Baker, and I'm sure we'll get him on at some point. But we have Chris Duncan on and like family history for a long time here his dad did it before him i think you were telling me and and we're gonna we're gonna find out just how many years that's been and you know a lot of different rumors about the dirt where do they get the dirt from where you know it's the best Stories, dirt there yeah. is so um yeah i'm looking forward to it should be a good one and a quick quick shout out again to uh slick and his buddy uh what's your buddy's name Trey for uh, lining this up for lining us. this up for us. So uh, they set us up with Chris. Chris is literally coming off of the track, coming in here, to talking talk to, to us, and, and then going right back going to back. the track. Yep. So um, I think that's pretty cool. In the middle of uh, Saturday Knoxville Nationals. So when we come back, we're going to have Chris on. Fulkins Brothers Trucking, complete livestock hauling. A load with us is a load off your mind since 1979. Call Trim at. 800-831-8553. That's Fulkins Brothers Trucking. Um, call Trim at 800-831-8553. And thank you, fellas, for being part of our show. And we're back at Hoagie's Garage. We have Chris Duncan on the show today. Uh, Chris, why don't you just tell us what you do at Knoxville? Thanks for having me on. Um, my responsibility is track prep. Um, we... Uh, are responsible for getting the track in such a condition that's conducive to good racing and um, smooth track, two-lane track, slick in the middle. That's our goal. That's what they like. Makes for a good show to watch. Yeah, yeah. Um, typically, we can get it that way. It's not always perfect. Um, never claimed to be perfect, but uh, you're dealing with dirt and mother nature. Yeah, yeah, so definitely. And it's, days, think every day, every day's got to be different for you every time you do it. It is, and it's not per day. It changes by the hour. Oh, sure. Um, a couple things that I will keep a close eye on is um, dew point humidity. Yep. Um, a lot of people, you know, they don't like the hum hot, humid days because it's miserable. But um, when you're working with dirt, I like it. Yep. I'd much rather have uh, dew point humidity fairly high, 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, the, the track will maintain the moisture a lot more. As, as um, long it, as the air is working in the blade, right? It works in the blade. <laughs> um, 360 Nationals, it was, uh, I don't know, 107, 8, 9, 10 oh, yeah. heat index here. And uh, those air conditioners got ran more that day than probably any other day. Um, we made sure we had things to do all day long. And My, um, my day job, I work for the county where we're from. And yep. the, two of the road graders are so much glass. Yeah. If it's a sunny day, them them guys are squealing too because they don't hardly keep up. Yeah, I, I've experienced that here, but um, yeah. it's comfortable. Um, the one thing that kind of drives me nuts is when when the humidity's up and you're in there, you turn your air conditioner on before long, the windows are all fogged up. Yep. So yep. doors come open, warm it up a little bit, and. Oh, that's well, yeah, they said like today too, it's cloudy, 
then the sun comes out. Yeah. And how long does the sun come out? That's all got to make a difference on it. It does. It seems. Do. It seems like it never fails. Um, it'll be cloudy all day long, so we'll adjust what we're doing according to the cloud cover. Then at five o'clock in the afternoon, sun pops out. Yep. And we haven't put a lot of water on it because of the cloud cover. But and it and it happens the other way also. Yeah. Um, sun's beating on it all day long, so we're pouring the water on it, trying to keep up with that, and then the cloud cover comes over. Yep. And then, and then you, you might wet. tend to have a little heavier track than yeah. we wish. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Well, you're never, like I said, dealing with Mother Nature and dirt, you're never going to get her perfect every time. It can't yeah, happen. Yeah, it, it's, it's not. We, we try. Yeah. We give it 120% effort, but uh, it's, not, it's not always perfect. It's never perfect. I'm probably, the, uh, I'm probably the biggest critic on Knoxville Raceway than anybody. Um, I always try to... My dad taught me this years ago that the only one that you can make happy is yourself. Sure. Because everybody else that comes to the racetrack has a different opinion, whether it's a fan, a driver, crew member, owner, whatever. Um, so They'll find I, something I mean, to complain about. Yeah. If their guy didn't do well, whether it's the fan or the owner yeah. or whatever, if yeah. their car didn't do well. Yeah. You know. it, it's easy to blame the racetrack. <laughs> <laughs> I figured that out a long time, too. But, uh, so no. what, what is a good night in your standards? What, you know... For, for the track, what what is a good night? Back to what I said earlier, a good bottom, a good top, slick in the middle. It seems to uh, um, put on the best racing. Um, I think most of the drivers, I mean, guys that I've talked to, um, that's what they would prefer. I mean, I mean, nobody anymore wants a real heavy, choppy, at least at Knoxville, no. a real heavy, choppy top, but a lot of times, at Knoxville, anyhow, it seems like in the spring when there's a lot more moisture in the ground and it's not near as hot, um, a cushion doesn't build up. But when the sun really bits, starts beating on this clay, um, for some reason, and I, I don't know why, I can't figure it out, but um, maybe we probably put more water on it than we do in the spring. That's probably yeah. the main reason. But um, the cushion will really, as, as I, I leave loose dirt out in the middle of the racetrack to maintain the, the water that we're putting on it throughout the day, and then as the cars run on it, the higher they push the cushion, the, the taller it gets. Yep. And uh, I know a lot of them guys don't like that. So um, we, we, historically, my goal has always been when I turn the truck the track over to the trucks at 6 p.m., I'm done. I don't want to touch it again. Yep. And, and most of the time we don't. Yeah, but be because again. of that top, like, you know, like last night, um, right before the A-Main, we went out there with those two tillers and kind of kind of cut that up a little bit. Then we rolled it down and... Um, I think it made a lot better race, yeah. and if we have to, we will. We just don't want to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we do a lot with Husits. That's 20 minutes from us, so we see yeah. Husits and yeah. Husits and Baker's out there all the time. Yeah. Stuff. But it's yeah. a shorter track. I think yeah. it's steeper. Yeah. Um, but yeah, last night, I mean, I, I saw you tickle a little bit, but that's, yeah. that's about it. The, so. the good thing, I mean, we could. It's it's a long ways around there. Um, oh yeah, it takes a while. And it, took us i don't know 20 minutes maybe yeah. um but it, it was well worth a 20 minute wait i think and and beer sales love it exactly they were gonna give them 15 <laughs> minutes to get from the beach they, they were there weren't gonna be any cars up there on that push off lane um yeah. not much before we were done anyhow so um and, and tonight we'll do it again tonight if we have to yeah um, we'll watch it really close and um i i would much rather have to till the top up because there's too much moisture on it, then go the other direction, and yeah. um, then it'd take forever. Yeah. I mean, if we had to try to get the track back because it's too dry, um, it's 
people would be sitting around and oh, wait, bored to death. Yeah. And then they get drunk. Um, that's that's, that's definitely not what we want to do. No. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no. It's it's a it's a fine line. What you you know to be right or wrong with the dirt. Yeah, I there mean, there is. There's a fine line between um, too much water, not enough water. Um, so we just you know do so, our best and. Let's let's get into a little bit about your family history with the track because your dad started this win and he's in the Hall of Fame. Is that correct? He's in the Knoxville Raceway Hall of Fame. Yep. Yes, um, I think he was inducted in 1995. Um, his time at Knoxville Raceway started back in the late 1940s. Um, dad was 40 years older than me, so um, he was after he got out of war. He was in World War II when he when he came home. He he took a job with the Marion County Secondary Road Department, so he, he ran a uh, road grader. Okay, yep. And uh, back then, when motorsports became started to become really popular, um, the fair board at the time they decided that they were going to run, um, according to Dad's story, a, a monthly automobile race on a flat horse track. So uh, he he was just looking for a little extra cash and, sure. and volunteered to, to come up here on a weekend and um, blade the track for them, do whatever they needed done, and that's where it all started. And uh, here we are today in 2022, and I'm still doing it. Um, Dad had eight kids. Six of us has, had worked with him at one point in time. Um, I, I was the only one that stuck around. <laughs> um, still here. I've got uh, my youngest son. He, he comes out here every weekend and helps me. Um, both my kids were helping uh, at one point in time. But um, one of them, he's, he's got other things to do in his life. But... Uh, Matt's a school teacher, so it works perfect with him. It's a summer job, um, so I'm a PE things are good. Teacher, so yeah, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So uh, it's, it's, we've been here a lot of years. So do you have a full-time job besides this? I do. Um, I work at Vermeer and Pella. Um, I've been there. Th I'll start my 39th year wow. in December. Um, this is my 41st year at Knoxville Raceway. Um, I started back. I started helping Dad back in 19. 77 when I was 13, but there was, uh, I think there was four years in the 1980s when dad didn't work on the track, and then I took it over from him in 1995, um, and in 1997, I didn't work on the track. Came back in 98 and have been ever since, so a total of 41 years. Lifer. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's not a job to me, it's it's my hobby. I mean, sure. a lot of people, boat, some of them golf, uh, Yep. mow their yard, whatever they enjoy yep. doing, and yep. this is just what I enjoy doing. And, and I'm very lucky that I have my, my wife. Um, she's, she's all about it. Um, uh, Definitely makes thank, it easier. Thank goodness you're yeah. getting that in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had to say you. that because uh, we're up here. Um, it's not only during the race season. As soon as the frost leaves the ground, which here in Iowa, typically it's the middle of March. Yeah. Um, we're up here blading sheep foot and trying to get it ready for that first date, the middle of April. And uh, we go clear through the season every single weekend. Um, normally, if the track stays together the previous weekend, we're out here at um, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Friday, and then I don't leave other than to go home and um, get a little bit of rest in the, at night, uh, 10, 11 o'clock on Sunday morning, every single weekend. So, um, so she's, she's great. She, she allows me to do it. She's, she's all about it. So I, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm lucky there. Being you brought up rest, how much sleep have you gotten in the last two weeks? Um, about five hours a night. Um, last night I left here about 1230, um, set my alarm at five o'clock 
and uh, was back up here working on the track again. Um, so since a week ago on Wednesday, the night before the 360 Nationals started, um, it's, it's been my life. So when you got so, that little vacation from work then or something? Yeah, you know, I'm, uh, I, I usually use anywhere between 20 and 25 days of vacation from my normal job to come over here to do this. Um, and, and I'm lucky that I've that I have the vacation build yeah, up. I've been there, there like I said before, almost 39 years. So um, I've, I've got I've got enough vacation that I can use it there. And uh, uh, management there works works with me and allows me pretty much to leave whenever I need to. But as uh, soon as I see the race schedule come out for like 2023, yeah. I'll be putting those days, days in over in. there. No, so right um, that's that's typically January time frame. So um, you know, taking vacation days not to go not to go, yeah. but to come work more. Then <laughs> they're done that. Yeah, um, I guess I guess I'm just like a big kid. I can get in these big toys and play in the dirt. Yeah, make right. mud and play in the dirt, and it's it's, uh, it's enjoyable to me. So, is there any chance that your son will take it over once you're done? Um, I don't know. Uh, Matt is like I said, he's a school teacher. Um, he loves the sport of football. Um, that's, that's really his passion. And uh, he's been an assistant football coach uh, on Knoxville's high school team up until this year. And he, this will be his first year as a head coach. Oh, awesome. So, so we'll see how that goes. He'll be a little busier this time yeah, of year. Yeah, yeah. You know, this week they, uh, it was their first week of camp. So yep. Matt wasn't here all morning. They, they had their camp from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. Then by the time all the kids got around and out of there, uh, he showed up somewhere between 11 and 12. But, sure. Um, he has a passion to be here also, but I, I think football's Football kind of tops that. Yeah, yeah and, and that's fine. Um, Absolutely. I've got, a, I've got a lifelong friend that's helped me. Uh, I used to run around out here watering on Friday nights and when we were in high school, and he'd come out here, and that's what we did on the weekend. He'd ride around with me, and um, he's still out here, still helping. Um, Probably when I decide to walk away, he'll walk away with me. Sure. We're okay. the same age. So uh, yeah. um, then I got a couple of younger guys that, that have been helping me since. Uh, well, one of them, he was, I think he was 16 when he started helping me. He's 25 now. So uh, he may be a guy that could fill this slot. Um, he's learned a lot. He asks a lot of questions. Sure. And uh, he has a, definitely has, he doesn't do anything else. He's kind of like me. He's got a full-time job working for Marion County. And uh, then uh, when there's a race on the schedule, he's here all the time also. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be right back. Co-op Energy, your tri-state supplier for all your energy needs. Tires for cars, trucks, and tractors, and fuel like farm fuel, gas, and propane to heat your house and all your livestock barns. Co-op Energy even supplies the propane for the propane pusher. Co-op Energy has several convenient stores in towns located near your local tracks. Stop in before the race to get your gas, snacks, and beer. If interested in doing business with CEC, give Randy a call, 712-400-8216. One more time, 712-400-8216. To set up an account, or you can visit our website at www.coopenergyco.com to find a location near your favorite track. Some of those locations 
are Wildcat Junction in Larchwood, Jackrabbit Junction in Sibley, in Worthington, the Interstate C-Store, or the Blue Line Truck Stop. In Lakefield, it's Junction 86. And in Milford, Bogey Junction. Stop by and see what they have for you. All right, we're back with Chris Duncan. And um, how, you've been doing this for an awful long time. How much has the track prep changed, or is it still pretty much the same as when Dad was doing it? It's, it's changed a little bit. Um, and it's not that it has to. There's a thousand and one ways that it yeah. could be done. But um, Dad, he was he was the Marion County Supervisor here um, for the last 16 years that, that he he actually worked. So he had a lot of free time where he could come out here and, and work on the track Monday through Friday where I don't have that. Yeah. So right there, some things changed. Um, Dad had blade and sheep foot on it to try to make it as hard as he possibly could throughout the week. Where, I don't have that luxury, so um, I can remember when we helped him from noon on Friday, clear up till Sunday morning, or race time, pretty much all we did was water the track. We kept water on the track, um, and that was it. Mm -hmm. and, and it worked. Yep. It worked, but, but I can't work on it through when, or Monday through Thursday anyhow. But uh, now the difference is because I don't, we get the track wet, and you'll see us out there just like today with the blade and the sheep foot um, a lot on race day, every, every race day. Yeah. Um, that, that's probably the biggest change. Um, we probably have the track harder than it used to be. Um, race cars are different than they used to be. Oh, yeah. um, I, I think because it's harder, we, we probably dump more water on it to get moisture in the ground. Um, we've got them tillers where we, you know, we can take them and pretty much put a groove wherever we want. So um, we'll till the bottom, we'll till the top, we'll dump water on it, we'll go through it again and um, try to make it somewhat heavy so that it'll last the whole night long. But that's probably the biggest difference. Car count, um, there's a lot more race cars on the track on a weekly basis now than when Dad used to, um, when, when he was here. and The, the equipment's got to be quite a bit Oh, the, the equipment is. I'm assuming your dad probably started with one of them old wheels, called it a knuckle buster. Yeah, that's, that's what I learned. It was, yeah. uh, if I remember right, it was a, like a 1953 cat. And, um, I can't remember how old I was. I mean, the first thing I did when I came out here was, you know, pull a sheep foot, drive a tractor, pretty simple. Yeah. Um, just drive around and around in circles. Rather boring, but yeah. pretty simple. So. But I still remember the first time Dad told me to get in that blade. I'd, I'd ridden in it with him for hours just watching him. Yeah. But uh, the infield back then obviously was uh, was dirt. And you're not, I mean, if you cut a hole a foot deep in the infield, you're not going to hurt nothing. Yeah. So I, I still remember him telling me to get my, get my butt in that thing and get over there and blade that infield. And, uh, you know, I was sitting there thinking, I've never done this before. <laughs> so, I don't care. Get in it and go. So it's kind of self-taught, even though I, I sat in there and, yeah. and watched him. And um, I asked a lot of questions over the years. I mean, up until the day he died, I'd ask him questions about his experience and what he did to, um, yeah. to make differences and whatever. So uh, water trucks, um, I remember. It was all old stuff. It was like a, they were all night, early 1950s. It was an old international tractor trailer that, that I learned to drive. Um, and again, that's back when I was 13, 14 years old. But um, we, we came a long ways. Yeah. Um, local John Deere dealer here, every year um, we get br two brand new tractors from them, which is, which is great. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, 
the technology that's in those things are just crazy. So uh, I, I hope that that continues. We got uh, we got one at work we rent from a John Deere, and I, the seats are heated and cooled. The yeah, seat is, no. yeah, they are on those too. Yeah. And really, <laughs> you know, it's it's just like in a fork truck. It's got a little lever up on the steering column where it's forward and reverse and yep. park. And, and for the most part, that's all you have to do. And it's got a little thumb dial on the other side, throttle of course, but yep. yeah. Um, and then there's they're all computerized so that they sense if they need power or not. And you'll hear the the engine RPMs going up and down. So um, that's the racetrack has a tractor though, and it's an old early 70s uh, John Deere 4430, which great tractor, it runs oh, yeah, good. Been but as long as we're getting those new ones from John Deere, it's going to sit. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's right. So obviously the track throws out a bunch of dirt. Yeah. How often do you have to replenish it? Where do you get the dirt from? How much dirt? Yeah, back, uh, if we go back to the 90s and through the early 2000s, we used to try to put dirt on the track about every four years. Um, and the last time we, we actually went through the process of putting approximately 400 dump truck loads in, in a fall, it's, it was probably 2008, 2009. And the main reason because of that, um, this black clay, there, there was always a lot of rumor it came out of the Des Moines River. Well, that was nothing more than a rumor because if you stop and think about it, it's all rock and sand and sludge and whatever. And so, no, it, it, it didn't come out of the river. <laughs> um, but this black clay runs in veins here in Iowa. Um, typically, there's black soil on top of it. You got to push it off, yeah. um, and then you um, you just farm that clay out. And you got to be really careful that uh, some it, it could be anywhere from a foot to three to four foot thick, and you don't want to go below that. I mean, we we did that once um, back in the early 2000s, if I remember right, and um, we put whatever 350 400 loads of dirt on whatever that fall was and by july the next summer we took it all back off because what we what happened was there was clay this black clay was laying in that field out uh um, northeast in oxville here but uh we went too deep and it got into a lot of rocky sandy type soil and then it, it just yeah. wouldn't adhere it wouldn't Another stick it'd get rough um, I can specifically remember, we always have an outlaw show in June, yep. and I can specifically remember that the, the, we got the track done, we watered it, we rolled it down, they, they hot lapped, they time trialed, and it was really narrow. Um, so I went out there and I pushed a lot of that mud, it was mud, it wouldn't, it wouldn't move um, off the track, and then by the time the A-Main was over, it laid rubber. It was like Jekyll and Hyde. And it was that <laughs> night, Cappy was still here. I, I still remember with Cappy and uh, a number of the fair board members then. And that night, the decision was made that we were going to take it off before the Nationals. So uh, Chuck Merrill, um, that had Maxim chassis, he, uh, he, um, he donated one of his asphalt machines. And, and, and it didn't take very long. I mean, it had a big cutter drum on it that was probably eight foot wide. Sure. He set, they set that thing down about six inches and started at the fence and within a day they had six inches of dirt off the whole racetrack and um, conveys it right out the front into the back of a dump truck into a dump truck and that dirt was hauled out and filled in a, a golly out the campground so well, it was a benefit yeah, it um, still got in, in the long run but um, anyhow uh, the, the, the good dirt I mean the dirt that's on the track right now uh, there was a farm out south southwest of Knoxville that 
Um, it's the best dirt that I've ever seen put on the track that came off that farm. And um, I know we've took, taken dirt off of it twice and one other time right across the road. So it was all that same bottom, but um, then it all got put in wetland reserve. Oh, can't get in there no Can't more. get in there no nope. more. So the last time we, we put a stockpile out at the campground on the north side of Knoxville here, um, I don't know, there was 130 loads, truck, dump truck loads that we just put in a pile. Eventually that came out to the track. Eventually we, uh, um, I pushed dirt off the infield, off the, um, the push off lane over here in one and two, out onto the track as I needed it. Yep. Um, we even went, all the dirt on the outside of the track was on the track at one point in time. Yep. So yep. Um, we even went through that process one fall of uh, taking as much dirt as we thought we could on the outside, putting it on the racetrack. So um, it, it's, they found a, a, a guy that just recently purchased a farm south and a little bit west of Knoxville that's in the same vicinity, a little bit further east of what I consider the best dirt we've sure. ever put on the racetrack. So hopefully it's the same stuff. I don't know if we'll do it yet this fall or not. There's talk of it, but um, if not this fall, it'll probably be after the 2023 season. That's awesome. And you, were, you, you mentioned the rumor of the Des Moines River. My brother-in-law talking to him before we came down and he said he always heard the rumor that they'd haul cow crap and straw out on it every fall. And cover the track. Um, you know, that started, and, and Dad said this did happen. Years ago, Bingley Sale Barn was right over across the street um, where Hy-Vee's parking lot is. Okay. And uh, I wasn't around, but I guess in the fall of the year when they had to clean out their stalls and whatever, um, the fair board just let them bring it across the street and spread it around on the racetrack. That's the only time because... Um, I can vouch back to 1977 and it's never happened. There's never been anything put on the track um, throughout my time here. It's just this black clay and um, we just we work with it and try to make the best of it. And it, it seems to work great. Yeah. I mean, it, 99% of the time you seem to have a really good track. The, the only thing when it gets really hot in the summer, um, it's clay so that sun bakes it. Yeah. And uh, that, that top half to an inch it gets just harder in a rock and then the one thing that we fight with sometimes is um, it detaches It'll that half off. inch slab yep. and then when we water it that water gets underneath there now it's like slime and it doesn't stick sure. and you don't know that until about four o'clock in the afternoon when you're driving through it with the water truck and, and the top starts to get sticky and tires will pull it up and and we're going to race two hours later and you just got to deal with it because at that point in time, there's nothing you can do about it. It's not like you can start over. No, not, not at that time of day. So that's, that's typically the only issue we have um, that, that I, I, drives me nuts. Um, I, I can't. I, I, yesterday, and I'll just use it as an example, um, over in turn four, um, I knew it was going to do it because when we were driving the water trucks through that one spot, just the weight of the truck, it just squished that, that dirt out. So that slab was laying there, we put water on it, we were driving over it and it just made mush out of it. Um, and, and that's exactly what happened. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but I think it was uh, before that C-Main, after the heat races, we took a skid loader out there and just kind of skimmed it off a little bit. Oh. But, um, took three minutes, which is no big yeah. deal. But uh, we did it, we had to do it. Um, I think it, I mean, it didn't do a lot of good other than that slab. You know, it, it flopped up, laid over on top of it, and made the hole 
looked twice as big as it was. Yep. Really, it was only about an inch. Yeah, uh, it looked like it was three yeah, and then or four when or the cars went over it, you could kind of see it. So that's why we took that skid loader and skimmed it off. And um, that's that's we worked on turn three and four this morning. So I, I hope that's taken care <laughs> of and, and we won't see it tonight. But, um, All right. Hey, we're gonna take one quick break and then we're just gonna come back and hit you with some rapid fire questions. Okay. <laughs> like to thank Octane Inc. from T, South Dakota. They pretty much do a little bit of everything. They are known for their wraps. They wrap golf carts, uh, snowmobiles, um, trailers, sprint cars, hobby stocks. It doesn't matter. Uh, side by sides, they wrap it. Uh, they also do coolers and they will also do clothing. You can have t-shirts made there. Um, you name it, these guys can do it. I work with Brett uh, Vanderbrink all the time. He is amazing, and I can't thank him enough for how much he helps me. And if I were you guys, I would definitely check out Octane Inc. You can contact them by calling 605-213-8343. It is 800 East Prescott in T, South Dakota. And again, they're just great people to work with. Hey, we're back at Hoagie's Garage, and we got my classmate's going to ask a special question since he's letting us stay at his house. Slick, what's, uh, what's your question for Chris? Chris, can you tell us about what kind of advice you get from drivers, fans, the world, about how you do your job? That does happen. <laughs> it, uh, it does happen, and um, honestly, I, I don't talk to a lot of different drivers. I talk to a lot of fans, a lot of people likes to come up and um, discuss the racetrack, but uh, everybody has an opinion. A lot of them like to share that opinion. Um, I, I, I won't say that a lot of people doesn't have good ideas, because um, there's a lot of them out there, and um, sometimes, you know, I, I think, man, that might work, and, and we've tried it. And uh, I'll use an example. Um, I was talking to, a, and this isn't sprint car racing, this is uh, NASCAR. We had a NASCAR truck race here this yep. summer. And um, a year ago, the first year, I would say, from my perspective, it wasn't very successful, the racing piece of it. I think you know, our, our hands were tied. So uh, the weekend before, I was talking to this sprint car um, crew chief. And uh, just like a lot of people say, well, can't you do this? And then he explained what he thought would work. So I, I thought about it a while and I, I thought, man, he, he may be right. So I did exactly what he said and it worked. I mean, the, the, I don't know if you guys watched that NASCAR race, but man, it was a hundred times better than it was the first year. Um, they, they're not near as fast as a sprint car, but I mean, they, they ran side by side most of the race, there was passing. So uh, um, people have good ideas. Um, earlier I said there's a thousand and one ways to, that you could tackle a racetrack. And uh, um, I listened to a guy in, in that case and, and it worked out. I've talked to a lot of drivers um, historically. Um, I know what a race car looks like and that's it. I know nothing about a race car. I've never tried to learn anything about race cars. Um, I, I tried to watch and, and learn what makes a good race track 
to put on a good race for the fans. So um, I've learned a lot about things I should do and when I should do them from talking to drivers, from drivers telling me what they feel and what they see when they're on the track running 100 plus mile an hour. Um, I, I don't know that uh, unless somebody that's out there doing it tells me. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Lots of armchair quarterbacks, whatever you want to say. Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, and and I, I'm okay with that. We're all freedom of speech. We, yeah. we, we, we can. Well, we can I've, I've caught we myself can, uh, <laughs> sitting in the chair at yeah. home going, God, I wonder, you know, why'd they do that? And yeah. It doesn't matter what event you're watching, but yeah. you always wonder why this happened. And if I always, there, uh, you, know. you know, I'll be out there trying to finish up. We, we try to get the track done during the Nationals at 6.30 so I can give it to the push trucks. And, and I'm out there that last load of water, and um, drivers and crews start coming out to the edge, and, um, and they're sitting there watching and looking at the dirt. And, um, and I know they're all thinking something different, but, <laughs> but hey, I'm gonna, I, I've, got, I've got something in my mind, and whether they're standing there thinking, why are you doing this? Shut the water off. Yeah. And that, I think that's what most people think. I think most people think that it's a swamp out there. So uh, why, why are you still watering it? But um, I don't know, experience. I know in order for that track to last all night long, it has to start. It's gotta start wet. Wet, and it goes through that process of drying via yep. race cars and laps. Yep. And, and hopefully by the time the A-Main rolls out, we have a good track that's going to last 20, 25 laps or 50 laps tonight. Yep. And, and we see a good race. And uh, let's finish this up with some rapid fire questions. So, first of all, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Cookie dough. <laughs> Are you a cat person or a dog person? Oh, dog, definitely. It doesn't sound like it, but do you have any hobbies other than coming to the track? Grandkids. grandkids. I've got I've got four grandkids, so um, I like spending as much time I can with them. I can't. I don't spend a lot of time with them in the summer, but um, there's winter time. Yeah, then yeah. You're stuck inside anyhow with them. So, um, do you have a favorite movie that you like? Yeah, um, my favorite movie I've watched it over and over again is Shooter. Um, oh, yep. I, I don't know why, but I just I like that movie, and uh, every time I see it on, I watch it. There you it's go. It's good. <laughs> What's the first thing you drink when you wake up in the morning? Oh, it used to be Mountain Dew, <laughs> but I, I've, I've made a very conscious effort not to drink Mountain Dew, and I, and I have it for probably six months now, but now uh, when I get to work, I go to the, the water cooler, and I fill my glass with water, and then um, I might drink Gatorade during the day, but I'm trying to stay away from that carbonated uh, you're doing go. better than I am. Yeah. Yeah. Pepsi is my problem. Yeah. My wife tells me I need to do that. <laughs> Diet Coke's my breakfast. Um, yeah. Mine still drinks Dr. Pepper, so she ain't told me to give up my Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, <yet>. she, <laughs> that wouldn't be fair. <laughs> so do you prefer snow or rain? I got to say rain. Um, I used to love snow. Um, I, I used to, one of my hobbies in the, in the, after the race season was I, I loved to bird hunt. I always had bird dogs. Oh, yep. So kind of some of the questions you guys asked me, it kind of plays into that. Um, but uh, I used to love, the, the the harder the winter, the more I liked it. Yep. Um, seemed like the hunt the was better. The birds got hunkered down. Exactly, down. exactly. Yeah. And then, They're easier to find. And uh, the dogs was working really well. But as I've gotten older, I don't do that anymore. And um, winter, I don't like winter. <laughs> I don't like snow. It, it, it's work now. It's yep. pushing it and it's yep. slick roads and... 
Um, have you ever listened to any podcasts before? I have, and I still do. Okay. Um, I always listen to Wing Nation. Um, yep. I've always, I always listen to uh, um, what was uh, the World of Outlaws, Open Red. Yep. Um, but I always listen um, Dateline. Dateline, you know, it's on TV. It's usually yep. like hour long segments, and they and they, they made them into pod, podcasts. And um, a lot of times, I'll be out there in the blade, you know, cruising around at six mile an hour, and that's what I'll have on the radio. That's um, I do the same thing. Yeah, they, uh, Crime Junkie. You should yep. check on ch- Crime Junkie. I, that's I've, a great one. Yeah, I'll have to. I've seen it. I've never listened to oh, it. Oh, Crime Junkie's um, awesome. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you have a favorite place to go out and eat? Mexican. <laughs> you find them all over. I, I like Mexican food. And, um, there's a couple of them here in Knoxville. So we over the years, we've frequented them quite yep. often. What's your favorite holiday? Christmas. Do Make you... the grandkids happy, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I, I won't say because uh, it, it would spoil their Christmas. But, oh, yeah. No, uh, they, they, may, they may listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, what app on your phone do you use the most? Weather app or weather app? There yeah, I'm, uh, I, I could guess. I, I look at that thing all the time on the weekend, and I'm not a big believer in forecasts because they're typically wrong. Um, and it changes. Yeah, it changes all the time. Uh, um, you know, today, I mean, they they were claiming that it was going to be mid 90s, and right now it's 84 degrees, and and we're uh, 20 after 12. So. I don't know if it's going to get to 96 or whatever, like they said, but well, don't I'll have, take this. It don't have to for me. No. I mean, the clouds I, can stay, too. I, yeah, cloud cover's good. <laughs> um, what's your favorite thing to eat, then? Whether it's your favorite Mexican joint or if the wife's got a favorite dish for you. <laughs> you know, when I grew up, my mom, uh, she, she uh, cooked our meal. We never went out and ate anything. So yep. one thing that I loved, and that's there's like two things that I learned to prepare. One of them was chicken noodles. I, I love that. I still do. I still make them myself um, from scratch and um, apple pie. Oh, um, apple pie. You bet. I, uh, <laughs> I can do that myself. And, Warm out uh, of the oven, maybe a little scoop of yep, ice cream on exactly, top. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. This is, these a little bit more towards a race car driver maybe here, but how many speeding tickets do you have? <laughs> I have a few. <laughs> uh, um, Glad to say I haven't gotten any for a long time. But when I was younger, I, you know, probably had a little heavier foot going down the highway. But, um, yeah. So, leading into that, the next one is what's the fastest you've ever gone on the highway? On the highway? Uh, Probably 120 and stupid, but it was on a motorcycle. Oh, there you go. That's that's when I was probably 17, didn't know any better. You're not the first person on the podcast to go fast on a motorcycle. All right, two left. Um, okay. what's, your, what's your favorite drink? What's your favorite thing to drink? Whether it's a cocktail after hours or your Gatorade. I don't drink. Um, there's a story there, too. My mom, when she was still working, she worked for a place called uh, um, Central Iowa Foundation for Alcoholism and Drug, Drug Abuse. So I thought, man, if I do this and I get caught, she's going to stop me. <laughs> so I never did. I never did develop a... Uh, a taste for a, it. A taste for it, so I never have. So um, Mountain Dew was. I mean, I, during during the Nationals, uh, I used to drink a six-pack a day of 20-ounce bottles. Um, and I think that caffeine kind of helped me stay awake. Yeah. Um, now it's it's iced tea. Um, iced tea is lifelong favorite. Back to when I grew up, every meal we had iced tea. Um, that's not quite so much 
today, but yeah. if you go over that refrigerator over there, there's a lot of different varieties of iced tea in there that I drank throughout <laughs> the day. <laughs> Last one. Um, if you could own any vehicle, car, pickup, whatever in the world, and you didn't have to pay for it, what would you like to have? <laughs> um, this is not an exotic type car, but I'm, I'm a Ford fan. I've always had Fords and um, uh, some of these, yeah. some of these new Mustangs. I mean, that, that oh. if, if I could go pick one, um, yeah. that's probably what it would be. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, Chris, we have to thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, it's Saturday of Knoxville Nationals, and you're sitting here talking to a couple bums, but uh, <laughs> uh, and you probably got to get back to the track. So thanks a ton for being on, and we really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for thanks for asking me. I appreciate it. Um, guys, I got to help me. They're out there taking care of things. So I'm actually watching them on the TV as they're oh. going around the racetrack. So. <laughs> you're sitting on the right side. Yep. We should have had you on this side. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again. All Chris. right. All Thank right. you, guys. You bet.